Welcome to the How Did You Get Here podcast. I'm your host, DJ Absher. Everyone has a story. These are stories of how ordinary people got to extraordinary places. But what I'm really trying to find out is, how did you get here? And welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Here? I am joined today by another dear friend of mine, Mr. Christopher Perales. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited. Excited? Excited to be here, yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, the purpose of the show and kind of what we're trying to do and for our listeners is to just share stories of where you started, what your career lattice looked like, your journey of sorts, right? To get to where you are today. Uh, Not to jump ahead, obviously today you sit as a store manager for Lowe's at the Murray location in Utah, in the greater Salt Lake Valley. Um, But just to get to know, so everyone kind of get to know you a little bit, tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, how old are you? where did you grow up? Tell me a little bit about that so we can kind of dive in and people kind of get to know you. All right. Well, yeah, my name is Christopher Perales. I am uh, 35 years young. Uh, we'll be turning 36 this March. Uh, whoop, so whoop. Super Happy excited birthday. about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in, uh, in Southern California, Orange County to be exact, you know, to a family of seven, me being the oldest. Um, you know, grew up uh, in Santa Ana. If you know where that's at, it's not really the Santana. Santana. It's not really the most luxurious city. Uh, it does has its, it does have its you know good points, and also like every other city has its bad points. And I was a, uh, you know, uh, on the sketchier side of town. You know, so learning through that and through the neighborhood, um, being the oldest of seven, naturally, you know, you want to lead by example and protect. You know, your younger your younger uh, siblings. So brothers, sisters. I <clears throat> uh, got. Four sisters and two brothers, um, you know, all of which are my half siblings. Um, but, you know, you ask anybody, I'll never really tell that. I just, they're my brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, the family. They are. So, um, you know, we grew up, uh, you know, um, I would say poor, you know, but fortunate enough to still have a roof overhead, foods in our belly and clothes on our back. And, you know, as I was growing up, knowing that, <clears throat> that, you know, there's not too much needed out of life and the want is more for self-accomplishments. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we slept on the floor, try to make ends meet, you know, mom, dad struggling. They had me when they were super young. How you old know, were your parents when they had you? They were 17. 17. 17 years old. Um, they unfortunately split um, probably after my first birthday. So no, no true memory of them together. Yeah. Um, you know, what I thought of family is kind of protecting my brothers and sisters and, my time would be split between both parties, um, naturally, while they were figuring their stuff out, you know, so um, shout out to them, you know, always made sure, um, you know, I was fed, like I said, roof over my head, clothes on my back, uh, born an asthma baby, a bubble baby, if you will. So, you know, <laughs> like already an uphill battle coming out of coming out of the womb. But, you know, um, you know, I just, I just knew growing up the victim mentality wouldn't you know, it's not going to really get you anywhere in life. No, it doesn't. You know, being sorry for yourself is it's it's only a self-loathing trait that you know, it's not really a, a trait that you want. So, what did mom and like? So, parents divorced when you were just after like just right around one, right? So, yeah. what did um, did you have a relationship with dad or? Yeah, know? off and on. You know, my dad. Uh, you know, on the opposite side, he, he was the youngest of nine kids. Okay. So big family naturally, which yeah. you know I get a lot of my personality from is just 
you know, relating to different personalities in my family. Um, you know, my grandfather, actually, I was living with them for a while. That's when I was sleeping on the floor with the family. He was ex-military, you know, so really like um, routine based. I remember he was like 60 some years old waking up Tim in the living room and he's doing those, you know, those ab roller ones. Oh, he was just getting shredded. Yeah, man. I can't even do it now. And I'm only 35. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to Gramps there. He served in the, the army, you know, Korean war veteran, um, you know, so total opposite. So dad, you know, he was, you know, kind of the, the youngest didn't really understand why stuff wasn't happening the way he wanted. Um, and then mom, you know, she was a fighter, you know, she, what did you know, mom do? She was a stay-at-home mom when she met my stepdad. They, you know, that's where my other siblings came from. <clears throat> and then um, she was a stay-at-home mom for a while. You know, financially, it was getting a little bit tough. So she, okay, I'm going to throw my hat back into the, the working career again. Yeah. Um, and so she ended up, you know, she was working for the courthouse, and she was a manager at her highest level there. Um, and then when, you know, they decided to get married, um, they got married. Uh, my stepdad said, hey, you know, I'm the man in the house. Let me take care of you again. Stay home. Oh, that's you know, cool. so, you know, the traditional mindset. And so, you know, my stepfather, he, he kind of taught me a lot, you know, growing up with um, um, rest in peace, though, uh, Tony Medina. Um, he taught me a lot of what it is to, you know, work for your money. Never ask for handouts. No one owes you anything, no, it's, you know, and uh, just treat people with respect. You never know who's going to, you know, <clears throat> who's going to either be your boss or who's going to, you know, what they're going to say about you. You want to make sure when they leave, they're saying nothing but great things about you. You know, don't give them any reason to think otherwise. So um, he was pretty influential in your younger years. Then, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. You know, so, um, so it was cool to see. Um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, so my mom and she, same thing. She just found a way to make things work. Like just, she would not take no for an answer. She would always try to wait, find a way to make it happen. What was your stepfather's name? Uh, Tony Medina. Tony. Tony, Tony Medina. Medina. Yeah. R.I.P. Antonio Baltazar Medina, to be exact. Baltazar. Yeah, so how old were you when Tony passed? I was 25. 25 years old. 25 years old. Okay. So uh, high school, did you go to college? Off and on in college. And that's when I was kind of... Like a JC or... Yeah, you? Santa Ana College. Santa Ana? Uh, the main thing that drove me to that was the passion for like sports and football. Mm -hmm. So... I played football through my uh, high school career, um, did track. You know, I was actually for shot put, believe it or not, top nine. Oh, I believe the, it. Top, top nine in the state. Um, you know, didn't get the first place, but, uh, you know, I was only, what, 15, 16 competing with the varsity people. So, nice. <clears throat> you know, I, I just that's all I focused on was sports, sports, um, you know, and once I really injured my shoulder, my ACL on my rotator cuff, sorry on my shoulder, you know, I couldn't make a tackle to save my life without, you know, it popping out of socket. Yeah. So they said, Hey, you're gonna have to take a season off, do surgery. And again, coming up from a poor, poor upbringing, you know, health insurance wasn't the best. You know, my dad would be like, well, you know, we can't afford it, you know, okay. put some duct tape on it. It'll be all right. Yeah. Some super glue, right. <laughs> Whatever it takes, you know, but, uh, you know, so uh, like going throughout my whole high school career is kind of like, Hey, you know, if, if I, I'm not, I'm hurt. I'm not injured is the mindset I always have. Yeah. That's a good if, mindset to have. If I'm injured, that means ain't hey, no bone in my body's working. I cannot move. Can't move. But if I can move and if you got, if I got some fight in me, like mouth shut, I'm going, put me in coach. You know, yeah. that was my mentality. It still is to this day, you know? Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and so I, 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 you know, towards my senior year of high school, it's kind of like if he had picked up a job at, uh, I think I was working at uh, express actually it was my first job retail. Folding clothes. 
Folding clothes. Folding clothes. Did you have one of those cool folding boards? They did. See, but I, I got so good to a point where I don't even have to do. Yeah, this. I'm a, I'm OCD. I want one of those for my room. <laughs> I'll right? get you. I'll make you one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So let me back up before you start, like where you started working. Yeah. Um, out of high school, graduate high school, decide to kind of dabble a little bit into like a JC for college. Correct. Did you know what you wanted to be? Or did you have some sort of, I mean, everybody has like, I, I could tell you like when I was younger, I was like, I want to be a fireman and yeah. that didn't happen. Um, did you have like some goal, like dream of yours? Of who I think, you, uh, to you know, talking with my buddies, like Sal and them, you know, we kind of talked about like, as the years go, your kind of mindset changes. Yeah. Kind of to adapt to where your life's at at that moment, you know? So <clears throat> coming out of high school, you know, I wanted to be sports. Like I, you know, my dream was you like, be an you know, lights on you, you know, everyone's cheering your name type of deal. You, and, you know, so that was my goal coming out. Um, and I was really close with my cousin at the time, Emmanuel, who he was like a D1 wrestler in, in, in college. Yeah. Um, something happened where he, you know, he fell ill as far as um, his, his mindset, you know, oh. mindset. He kind of, uh, he went, you know, schizophrenic is what they determined it as. Oh, you wow. know? So he goes from a guy like just how we're talking now, normal conversation to, Somebody totally yeah, different. Yeah, totally different. And so as I was in and out of college during that time, I really wanted to find a way, how can I help people more intently on for, as for like a, a therapist or a psychologist where it can help maybe someone going through that same thing and how can I help, right? So <clears throat> in and out of there, again, didn't really have the money to bounce back and forth from careers. So I'm like, okay, I still need to pick up a job. And I stayed into the retail business for quite some so time. So that's when you went into Express? No, I went into Express my senior year in high school. Senior in high yeah. school. When was that like your first like serious job? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got my first so you started there. What was your what was your title? What did you do? Just customer service? Cust associate. Customer service. Um, I Fold clothes? Folding clothes. But when it came to the women's section, I was like, I cannot, I feel uncomfortable selling you that You couldn't stuff, go over so, there? Uh, let me sell some dress shirts <laughs> to some guys that I know. Like, you know so... Um, but it, it did break down my barriers as far as what I can and cannot do. You know, at that moment in time in my life, yeah. I thought like I cannot sell that. Yeah. Now you ask me now, it's like I could sell anything. Sell oil to an oil rig, you know. So. So so how long did you stay with Express? Uh, it was short short lived. It was the senior the tail end to my senior year up until summer um, until school started again. Um, dabbled in that and then um, decided okay need money again. You know, mom needs help. Um, did Macy's for a while, almost about a year. I was okay. actually the surf department specialist. It was my latest title in there. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, got to learn about some surf gear. Um, so a lot of soft lines. Have you ever surfed? Negative. I bodyboarded one time. But you could sell a surfboard to anybody probably. I probably right? can. Yeah. I love like that. That's the best thing you ever need. So, so what took you, like, how did you end up going and gravitating towards getting a job at Lowe's, like in home improvement retail? So that's a great question, because if you'd asked me, like, again, at that point in my time, you know, <clears throat> sell me a water heater and how to install that. I looked at you like crazy. Like, I, I, yeah. know, I know a guy. Like, if I, yeah. get, I know a guy. You <laughs> I know, know a guy. Um, let me get the yellow pages. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I was at, at that time again, in and out. And then I was working with Nike and I was with Nike for a good amount of time. I was actually the back end supervisor oh, nice. for operations, they would call it, um, before I decided to take that leap. I had a cousin, um, Joe Rivera who was working at the Tustin location in Southern California, store 2605. And uh, he's done uh, big box retailers since I've known him. Like, since he got out of high school, he was at Depot, and then he, went, he transitioned to Lowe's. 
And I would always talk to him about like, man, you know, like I feel stagnant here at, at Nike, you know, key carrier only making like 1150. I think it was as like a manager as like a key carry manager, you know? So I'm like, all right. And he's like, what well, year was that? The Well, when I left, I believe it was 2011 or 12, one or the other. Okay. 2011 or 12. Um, and, uh, he's like, come on, man, we'll start you off at that. I'm like, you're kidding. I'm like, what am I going to be doing? He's like, you're just going to help customers. Same thing you always do. I'm like, all right, great, cool. So I'm like, all right, man. Like I told Nike, like, you know, it's not, it's not for me. You know, I wanted, uh, to see what my possibilities are, you know? So took the leap of faith, um, at the start at the Tustin Lowe's, uh, 2605. And at that time we had seasonal employment. You know, it wasn't guaranteed you're going to get so, a job. So let's just, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about, cause like I know your story, right. But like, I think it would be really cool. So what is a seasonal employee? What does that look like? <laughs> so a seasonal employee is not the department for those of you that know Lowe's and Depot. It's not the department. It's, it's not even part-time. It's a step below that. So seasonal is kind of like, Hey, spring's going to hit. Summer's going to hit. We need some, you know, extra bodies, extra bodies, go in there, go get them tiger, you know? So I'm like, all right, put me in coach. And, uh, you know, so I did it. It was part-time. It, it was hours cut, but at the same time, um, what department were you working in? In seasonal, in seasonal, <laughs> in seasonal. So a seasonal associate in seasonal and, uh, you know, my upbringing is like, all right. And me being competitive, I'm like, all right, no one's okay. What metrics do I have to look at? What do I have yeah. to do? Sorry, go to credit, you know, get some surveys. You got it. So the part-time associate. You know, just driving that hunger, like, all right, cool. Like letting them finding my pitch to um, to the community and to the customers. And then not only that is, you know, being wanting to be the go to of your leaders and people around you, knowing that they can count on you and trust you is probably the best feeling um, that I got a, like as I went home. Well, I think um, there's a part of you that like when you're seasonal too, like if you like for at least in your like specific example, like, yeah, you wanted to like prove. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm yeah. worth keeping when Absolutely. season's over, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about this. Like, when you were, when you were seasonal, what it, what was that like time of your life like? Like, dri did you drive to work? I I know your story, but <laughs> like, I want I want you to share this because when I met you, um, was in obviously in California, um, at San Clemente. You were 2018, 2019. Yeah, 19. And so when I met you, uh, and I heard, you know, your story, I was like, man, like somebody that's that committed because you don't find that a whole lot now. Right. Nope. Um, but tell me a little bit about that time of your life when you were seasonal, kind of what your home conditions were, how you got to work, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So around that time about I was a seasonal associate, you know, uh, I was always taking the bus to work, never really had a car. Um, you know, it was just kind of a dream to me. It was like, okay, one day I'll get a car, one day I'll get a car, right? So, but until then, you know, I wasn't gonna like not provide for the family or not try to help in any type of way. So whether it be bus, whether it be walking, eventually I got a, got a bike. So what kind of bike did you get? Man, it was like a little Walmart bike, whatever I can afford at the time. But man, those tires would pop every other month. So <laughs> rain or shine, you rain or up. shine, you know, I, I would run, I would, uh, ride at 4am. I had to get up for, at 4am to be at work by six. Um, sometimes it was scorching hot on the way back home. And sometimes it was raining in 4am in the morning, you know, but that wasn't going to stop me from what I was going to do and what I felt dedicated to do to provide for my younger siblings. If they saw me 
just come like, hey. You want to be the example. Yeah, I have to. Of what great looks like, like. I have to. So, and um, showcasing that it can be done, you know, we, we, we put up these barriers, I think, as, as people sometimes of, you know, what it should be as opposed to what it is and then realizing that and then adapting. Well, I think some people, they find um, if there's a barrier or a hindrance. Right. They use it as a crutch or an excuse. Yeah. Absolutely. Instead of finding a way over whatever that obstacle is, right? Absolutely. So, so you started there seasonal in the seasonal department, yeah. riding your bike to work, walking, taking the bus, found a way to make it happen, right? Yep. So tell me about your journey and how you kind of moved up in Lowe's and which stores you were. How long have you been with Lowe's now? It's gonna be ten years this February. Ten years. Ten years February. It's awesome. 14. Those were right before actually Valentine's Day. Okay. So 12th, actually. 12th, every 12th. Um, noted. So noted. We'll celebrate your noted, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Get my badge. Yes. Um, so as that time comes in, right, you know, my uh, mom and stepdad just got married that year. Um, I went to my, my sister's marriage. Um, and unfortunately, the day after, it was about a month in with Lowe's. So again, back and forth with Priya. My mindset's not sure what I want to do. Yeah. Um, stepdad, you know, he passes, unfortunately, right? So my world just crumbles. Like, my mom is devastated. Yeah. You know, me, like, now I got to be, I'm the man of the house now. Yeah. So I moved in with my mom to help out. Um, <clears throat> and that's when I was riding my bike, uh, bike back to work. And I'm just like, all right, like, focus, focus, focus. And I had a manager at that time. You know, uh, Bo Goodwin. Oh, you um, told me about Bo. Yeah, Bo yeah. Goodwin. Influential in your life. Brilliant man, you know. And, you know, and I remember, like, man, like, and I remember, it's like, I'm going through all this stuff. Why are they, like, you know, hounding me for this? And in my mind, and, you know, like, victim mentality, you know. And then he kind of just showed me the ropes. Like, this is what you can do. And then he started showing me about the stock. He started showing me about career paths. And he'll put me in some uncomfortable situations where I thought was uncomfortable at the time. Yeah. Um, and, but it was only to make me grow. Yeah. If it wasn't for someone to give me that shove, I would have been complacent. I would have been, you know, beating myself up. You know, why, why me? Why, you know, why my mom? You know, why this? All this like whys and, and looking in the past instead of looking what the path I can create for my siblings to look, showcase that. It, look forward, not back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he was that manager that lent that hand out to me to ensure me that I have the capability within this company um, to ha make life-changing decisions and life-changing money, um, you know, for myself and for my family. Yeah. And seasonal, Chris, in seasonal, like, you're crazy, man. What are you talking about? I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a peasant right now. <laughs> like, um, you know, so, and um, so through that, you know, I got promoted through almost a specialist. What sport. department? For a short time. It was a seasonal. They used to have outdoor por uh, power equipment specialists. What? Yeah, they got rid of it. Smart decision to get rid of it. Okay. So um, it was about two, three months. Um, the, the store at that time was going through a Comac reset. Meaning oh, okay, either yeah. it was a big specialty uh, store at, uh, at that time. Um, so they kind of showcased a lot of like uh, your vanities, what it could look like um, at the sacrifice of real estate for product in the store. It was a huge investment. The supervisor that was over me, Johnny Stevenson, still works for Lowe's. Great guy, great leader. He he was my mentor as I went up. And I remember him telling me, always, he's like, you're going to surpass me one day. You're going to surpass me, man. And I'm like, hey, you're crazy. <laughs> and so um, 
he get he captains that reset on the overnights in which led me to become as a specialist uh, acting ds so i'll start going into the meetings start learning the business start learning at the habits of you know the people that were successful did he kind of like pull you into that kind of like help yep. you get into that yeah johnny stevenson what did that how did like what did that look like was it just him sitting down with you and talking about like your future or? no and what i liked about him he was animated he wasn't like hey this is what needs to be done and get it done pretty much or else that's yeah. not an effective leader in my mind yeah he would ask about my family he would ask about hey how are you doing how's mom because he knew about my situation okay and uh and he genuinely cared like he would invite me over, he would like take care of me, you know, and someone like that, you, you would want to run through walls for you because they know that you feel that it's, it's genuine. It's they not, actually care about you yeah. as a person, you know, just a, just a body that works yeah. in a store. Not yeah. just a warm body, but like truly cares about my well-being, you know, and, um, and so I started taking bits and pieces of what I liked, you know, and, and trying to formulate my own leadership. But yeah, he kind of threw my name out there. He would promote me. Um, to the leaders and gave me a platform, you know, so when I was ready, I can showcase what I could do. And so that goes on about a, a month or two or three months. And then they decided to do like the overnights for Tustin. They never, it was always day stocking. The trucks would come in during the day. Yeah. Night team was pretty much day team. Yep. Um, so they transitioned to the nights, which I think is a smart move. Um, and so that opened up that spot. And because I was already proactive and I wasn't, um, you know, just, trying to be good when the, cause the spots open. Now I'm going to be, it was kind of like, that was just who I was. You'd already built, you'd already started to like build your brand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, and so it was kind of a natural transition. Okay. You're already doing everything. Hey, we're going to give you X amount. I think it was making like 16 bucks at that time. <clears throat> you know, and to me it was like, Oh heck yeah. Like this is awesome. Yeah, you're living Going from up. a key carrier for 1150 with Nike to now 16 bucks as a supervisor. Right. So, um, did that about a year, uh, and then the company transitioned to from like 13 department supervisors to what you would consider kind of pseudo ASMs, you know, um, all the responsibilities of an ASM. They got rid of the department supervisor title, and your your department supervisor, or they're called them service managers at that time. Service managers, yeah. I've and heard about that. Yeah, you had codes like an ASM, you had overrides like an ASM, and you had key carrying like an ASM. And to be honest, because of that, it kind of made me see the store as a whole, as opposed to just my little business within a business, right? So um, <clears throat> I started seeing the grander scale of the, of the store. Um, and again, with Bo, kind of, he was coaching me and he was, you know, he was pushing me. He was like, I was like- And he was a store manager, right? He was a store manager, correct. Is he so still with Lowe's? He is with Lowe's. He, I think uh, he did get promoted to the DM in Arizona last I heard. And then- um, um, but he was really operationally savvy when it came to the business and the way he would dissect it, you know, it, it, it blew my mind that, you know, this is sometimes people hourly, they just go in, they think, you know, the task in front of them and they, they don't see the bigger picture at sometimes. So he had like a high level, like overview of, from a business acumen perspective, but like also going back to your comment a minute ago, like he understood the soft skills, like how to talk to an associate that was seasonal and bring yeah. something out of you. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's what makes leaders today. Look, I, I've said this a million times, a successful leader 10 years ago is not the same successful yeah. leader today. Um, I think we all do. I, I find myself doing it now. It's, I, I almost kind of sit back and assess my leadership style yeah. month to month because 
I know I have to adapt to so many different types of people. And, and you're, and that's one of the things I, I respect about you the most is your ability to connect with associates and talk to people. It's like, it's your gift. You yeah. can't, you can't teach that. Right. Right. Like that's just not something you can teach. Um, and some people, it takes them a lifetime to perfect it. And it's something you're just naturally very, very good at. So that's cool that you had somebody like that, like Bo, and then some of these other leaders, like yeah. in your influential, like, you know, early years in retail. So yeah. that's awesome. No, yeah. I mean, and again, like, uh, you're not going to always have great leaders. You know, it's just, it's just the, the dice that life rolls to us. But, I've had some sucky ones. But you can pick and choose what you do and what you want to become and what you don't want to become. And, you know, what may be success or successful as a leadership role for someone else may not work for you. So there's no cookie cutter mold no. uh, to a leader. You got to find what works for you that feels genuine. You yeah. Know? Um, so, so then you were like a DS. Pseudo ASM, right? Pseudo ASM. Overseeing the business, getting to know it as a grand scale, uh, doing the morning huddles, you know, uh, hosting events. I'll find any way that would kind of, that would separate me from everyone else and not like boasting and everything. Just like, I want to learn more. And I started getting to this point in my career and that's kind of, I think when the switch hit, you know, is that when you like knew you wanted to make a a go at it? Yeah. Career wise, career wise. And I'm like, all right, I'm all in, you know, because when my father passed and shout out to Lowe's, you know, they, they, they have that, that program where they fund and they do all that stuff. They employ their fund. Yeah. Um, You know, and then just seeing how much, a company would invest into their associates and to the people that to me speaks volume because whatever I put in tenfold and I'm speaking to you now as a store manager in Utah, whatever I put in, uh, whatever I put into this company, they gave back tenfold, hundred percent. Um, you know, and starting to realize that early in my career as a service manager. Um, so oversaw that I oversaw many departments as a service manager. And then, um, when it became to do salary. And I remember talking to my buddy, Ryan Batterton at the time. He's to, uh, he worked with me, him and old I old Ryan Batterton, old Ryan Batterton, him and I kind of had orientation at the same time. He was transitioning back into Lowe's. He's been with Lowe's for quite some time. Um, yeah, a lifetime. Yeah. A lifetime. And, uh, so, <laughs> you know, we met at Tustin, um, you know, and then we became really good friends after a successful inventory one year. And then, so Bo, after he got the, that store was actually profitable, which was unheard of at the time. So we're profitable. Everyone's bonusing. Everyone was happy, you know, and then he got asked to, Hey, come hop out this store in Aliso Viejo, Orange County, California, um, store 1900, never forget it. Um, and he's like, he had an opening and at that time still service managers, but it was called a, a service ASM where you were kind of like a pseudo store manager because you had the force. Almost Uh, like a bench store manager. Almost. Like in training. So like the stars lined up for me. And and like, if it wasn't for that layout, I probably wouldn't have been as um, well-rounded like like this or had the opportunity to be honest. Um, But so we did that, right? And I was there, ASM, I was talking to Ryan. I'm like, should I do this? You know, it's long hours. Like, what if I have to go home? You know, my mom needs me. You know, everything going through my mind. Yeah. And uh, I had a conversation, I called Bo, I'm like, hey, I'm interested, I want to do it, and kind of gave me this feel, really transparent, which I respect, you know, didn't try to uh, sugarcoat anything, he's just like, hey, you know, some days are going to be long, you know, and some days are going to be easy, they're going to be tough, there's going to be some customers you have to deal with, there's going to be X, oh, Y, and Z. A wide range of yeah. things. Right? high risk, high reward, you yep. know, so I'm like, all right, well, I'm all in, this and that, I'm like, so I threw my name, I did the interview. Uh, I go back home. I was talking to my mom. She's like, how do you think it went? I was like, I don't know. It was my first interview as a salaried leader. 
you know, I think I did well, you know, and she's like, all right. She's like, all right, mijo, just don't worry about it. Like, you know, put it in God's hands. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Yeah, put it in God's hands. And it's like, no matter what, I'm always going to love you. I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. You know, so it felt good. And, and you know, that, that point from when you interview. To waiting. To waiting. Is, feels yeah, like an eternity. It's an eternity, right? Yeah. So it was about, I'll say five days. It felt like, yeah, it felt like a month. Um, and he calls me and tells me, you know, this and that. And he's like, and what thing that resonated towards me because. What did he tell you? He's just like, hey, look, like there's some well qualified people that are that apply to this location, um, you know, but, you know, the, the fit of a leader for certain locations is detrimental to the store success. 100 percent. So he's like they were qualified, but you're the candidate that I'm looking for that would just want to do good by the associates and want to do more than what's asked. People leader. And, and he said, because of that, I, I'm going to select you. So. You, select you know what? It's it's funny because I've heard this I've heard this phrase so many times and sometimes it's very relevant, right? And other times to me along my career I, I kind of go I question it. Life experience. And you meet people and you could meet someone that has all of the business acumen, checks the box for how long they've been in role, what roles and seats they've sat in, all sorts of stuff, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, if they don't understand people and you're hundred percent right and Bo is right too, without a doubt when it's right person, right place, right time, yeah. right seat on the bus. Absolutely. And that's going to have a positive impact in the culture and a building. And so, and that's really cool. And I, and when I talk about life experience, I mean, there's people I've interviewed people where I've had sometimes I've interviewed ASMs and people have told me, well, they don't have enough life experience. And I go, well, what they do have is a gift with people. And I, yeah. I can teach you theory. I can't teach you personality, right? Yeah. And that's probably what Bo saw in you was you had the grit and the hunger to say, hey, I'm going to show up. I'm going to work my butt off. I might not know everything I need to know today, but I'm going to be a sponge. and I'm going to learn it from you and I'm going to be great at it. So that's yeah. really, really cool. So, so you got the job. Right. Then what? Right. All right, got the job, you know, rookie, got a lot of tenured ASMs there. Miguel Olivero, shout out to Miguel Miguel! Love that guy, you know. um, He was our operations at that time, you know, and... um, He was my operations manager at my store at Huntington when I started. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So, really good guy. He's back into the ASM um, role again, which I'm really proud of uh, to see. But, uh, you know, he came in and, you know, he came in like, hey, we need to do this. We got to get it done. I'm like, all right, cool. So I remember my first day and sure enough, as Bo was saying, my first day, um, we had a few call outs and Bo's introducing me to everybody and this and that. And then, you know, we kind of go back there and we saw a bunch of freight. He gives me a look and I look at him like, you don't say anymore, like, let's get it done. So I found a way to get it done. So my first day. In a salary role, I think it was 14 hours. So, like, okay, I can do this. Like, so, this? a half a day. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, half days, 12 hours a day. You know? so, uh, <laughs> so, I'm like, I, c- I can do this. You know, like, what's the worst going to happen? You know, like, it's, it's everything be all right. I'll have a check. I'll have my home. have food in my belly. That, that's all that goes through my mind when I'm having some tough days. Um, and so, that was that, right? And then I'm like, okay, so when I get my training kind of deal, like, what does this look like? He's like, oh, we got inventory like in a couple of weeks. Uh, so let's prep. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, we're going to prep. And so we did it, had a good inventory. It's like, okay, he could do some training. 
about Fourth of July weekend right after. So like it was kind so, of like so no training, just was, trial by fire. It was. I mean, now that I look back on it, that's all the training I really need is is you know understanding the store, understanding the people, what makes them tick. You know what what are the opportunities, what are the strengths. Uh, and to me, like if I was to sit back on a desk and look at a computer for two weeks or whatever they may look like, I don't think I would have had that hands on the reality of the business, if you will, because everything on, you know, the training, it's not really, it's kind of a cookie cutter type of deal, but these certain locations, you know, you learn by doing real life. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people, there's some people that, that actually absorb knowledge through book and they do really well with it. Yeah. But I think for a lot of us, it's just putting process in to action and just seeing how something's done and seeing different experiences. And then you go, okay, like, cool, I'm going to put this in my, you know, my virtual tool belt and go, cool, I learned how to do this. The next time this comes up, this is how I'm going to handle that situation, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, you know, at that time, I didn't understand it. But looking back now, I was like, man, that was probably the best experience I could I could have had. Yeah. You know, I, I saw, you know, what a bad day could look like. And, hey, we still got to find a way to get it done as a leader, lead by example. And I saw what great looks like, you know, having a successful inventory. And then I saw what, you know, a, a tier one holiday looks like as a, as a solid leader, all within three months. So it's to me, lot. yeah, to me, that was like, I had, I had all the answers already, you know, so like, cool, I can run with this. So I started kind of, you know, building my name and what I want to be known by, you know, if I leave the story every day, what are they going to remember me, me doing type of mentality? Uh, and then, so your dinner table conversation. Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah. yeah. What are they going to say about you when they go yeah, home? Exactly. You know, and you know, I'd, I would hate to be on the bad end of that. So that's my whole mindset that I do everything in my power. That I'd leave it all on the table for for them to feel like okay, Chris had my back, um, um, and then I'd say so that was about July. A couple months go by, um, we get an email. The company you know was going to shut down forty some stores across the country. Oh, that's right. This is the store that consolidated. Yes. They got rid of this location. And so, mind you, me six months in, seven months in, I'm like. Am I losing my job? About like, to learn something I'm new. I was like, man, I think I got my first gray hair that day, you know? So, um, and, uh, and then, so everyone's kind of like, you know, it's natural to be scared of the unknown. And we didn't really know what that looked like. And, you know, you typically hear about these companies that close down stores. Those associates kind of get kicked to the curb. You know, luckily Lowe's and, you know, shout out to CEO Marvin. He found a way to take care of each and every one of us to ensure that we had all had a job, all had a job, you know, all had a, the ability to take care of our family. And, you know, so I, I was grateful for that. I'm like, okay, you know, some people were disgruntled, Hey, given, you know, that's, it's what they know. But I was just glad that we still have an opportunity to, you know, with the company. Uh, and so liquidation goes on. Uh, there's two stores in our district at the time. It was the Irvine store. Uh, forget the store number. And then our store. And then, oh, the Irvine one was in uh, Tustin Marketplace Tustin, or Irvine yeah. Marketplace that Correct. was right there. Yeah, I remember that. I knew a guy that worked there that was in ASM um, before I ever got into retail. He worked there. Uh, Manny? No, it wasn't. It was, I can't remember his name. The dude was so jacked. Uh, he went to my gym and he drove a Corvette. And I remember being like, man, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> it's crazy how many walks <laughs> of life you get during working retail. 100%. You meet everybody. Um, so those these two stores are closing down, right? And everyone's kind of like frantic. And you know, my job as a leader is like everything's gonna be all right. We still have a job. I'm like we're just gonna get relocated to a new position. Great way to network. You know, a chance to start all over. Whether you know, 
whatever you endured at this store, whatever they may look like, you have a chance to rebuild your image. Um, and so I took that. I'm like, hey, cool, let's do this. And then the store manager at the other store that was going through liquidation, forget if he relocated to a store, got transferred, or I'm not sure what happened, but Bo had to oversee that liquidation. Both of them. Well, or just that one. That one. And, you know, me. Which six, left you in charge six of. Six months in, he's like, here's the keys. Have fun. Yeah, don't burn it down. I'm like, all right, you got it. Let me, let's figure this out. Um, and so Miguel, I just remember Miguel's like, why, why do you leave you in charge? I'm like, man, <laughs> let, <laughs> so, we're in this together. It doesn't matter who's in charge. Come on, let's work, let's work together, you know? So, um, yeah, we had that liquidation process. Um, man, I do not wish that on my worst enemy. Just how tedious and uh, malicious that the, the process could get. You you don't realize just everything in that building, in any building now that now that I look at it now in any type of business, yeah, it has a dollar amount to it. Everything down be, besides the exit signs and the fire extinguishers had yeah. a dollar amount on it. Yeah. Down to the steel, to the desk, to the pencils, to the everything. Get it all gone. And there's someone out there that will buy it. Believe it or not, there's somebody out there in that business that will buy that stuff. Um, and we had kind of this... Um, liquidation manager we called him t1000 for you those of you that are t1000 you ever seen the terminator um but man this guy was a machine he was just non-stop um really smart but uh really knew the liquidation business and from that i kind of learned it um but cool thing was we we're the first ones to sell through all of our product in the company which was i'm like cool pat on the back we did awesome. it team and uh, not only that like we had the, one of the lowest you know drop rates as far as um, them taking their their severance pay and leaving. Yeah. A lot of them got relocated. People just walk off. Yeah. And so we, we found a way to get them motivated and, you know, again, trial by fire, but through that, like, man, I learned so much. Oh, I'm with, sure. Within that three months. So Aliso Viejo shuts down. Yep. It's done. What's next? So I get relocated to San Clemente. San Clemente. Old 1050, beautiful huh? Beautiful city. Beautiful city. That's probably one of the, I, I, I mean, that's gorgeous. I just have to say, I haven't seen obviously every store in the company, but probably one of the most like gorgeous like uh, locations, view of the beach. Yeah. Hard to want to go to work, right? Yeah. Like you drive there and you're like, man, I could be out sunbathing. Do a little or, detour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so you go to San Clemente. San Clemente, right? And um, you know, I came in as now they restructured it to to what I believe it it, it should be. You know, DS is back into their own role, being business owners, and then. ASM's overseeing it. So they got rid of the service uh, manager and, you know, that that whole ordeal. So I was overseeing Pro. I'm like, I don't really know much about Pro. You know, like contractors, like this and that. Okay, it's a new new thing for me. What year was this? This was 2018, I believe. So this is like right before the big transition of Think Pro first, mm -hmm. right? Correct. Okay. And so, you know, uh, Lowe's was getting everyone you know, ramped up. Let's get the right people in place. Let's get, you know, a pro DS, a, a solid pro DS, someone that knows the business, somewhere we can still market share. That store was one of the last ones too. And I mean, like not giving up. I just started cold calling depots. Hey, you know, got a spot open. Come meet me. Got him in within the first month. That store manager leaves. Um, and then we get a new store manager, Mike Brazen. Probably one of the better merchandisers I've ever met. Um, shout out Mike Brazen. Shout out Mike Brazen. Mid-city you know, LA. He taught me a lot as far as when it comes to the merchandising and, you know, those of what to put down and what to sound, what good looks like as far as the merchandise and stuff. So spent some time with him and he actually got me into, got a chance to do operations. I'm like, Mike, I don't know anything about operations. Yeah. 
Um, he's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be fine. That's so Mike. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be, be fine. fine. And, you know, because he, he knew and he had an eye for that type of stuff. And he, again, another leader that just, he put his trust into me, you know, and, and, and just letting me know, like, it could be done. They cared. So, yeah. you know, and um, did operations, you know, struggled the first year and it's going to happen, you know, so uh, it was tough. It was tough. But, you know, I learned, you know, and you learn from things when you do, you know, have a hiccup, you're like, I don't want to feel that again. No. And you make sure that whatever you do, you just don't want to feel that way again. So, boom, you learn from it, right? And then uh, he uh, got closer to home. Um, he was living in L.A., driving all the way down to San Clemente. He got closer to home. Then I got a chance to meet this uh, beautiful man named DJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was life-changing for me. And honestly, um, you know, I know he's right here with us, but for you, for you, for you guys that are listening to this, you know, talking about leading from the front and, and people leader, um, DJ taught me what that could look like. You know, uh, one of the things that you always said that, that resonates with me is that you um, take care of your people first. Everything else will fall into to place. Yeah. Take care of your people first. And so that I still hold that dear and near to my heart when it comes to the employees and the associates. Um, but. Yeah, you know, when out, I came out to DJ, well, hey, <laughs> boop, boop. Um, you know, look, I, when I came in, when I joined Lowe's, I obviously started at uh, the Huntington Beach location. I was co-manager with Scott Kozier and uh, had a few months to kind of assimilate into my role and then came over to uh, join you guys at uh, St. Clemente. And that was like, really like, I mean, it was like getting dropped off at, uh, you know, grade school first day of school by your dad and you know you know timmy J dropped me off and have fun and i would never forget his uh his one-liner to me was just remember this is a ship not a submarine so yeah. don't sink it and um you know we talk about right person right place right time and how prevalent that is to success i think in your career and i tell people this all the time i uh, i think Placement of people, whether you're placing a CSA in a department, a specialist, a DS, an ASM, and even a store manager is critical to the success of a building, right? Absolutely. And also putting a person in the right space to give them an opportunity to assimilate and learn, right? Um, that store was, you know, Tim knew that that was going to be, you know, Mike Brosnan ran a great store there and coming in, uh, you know, in behind him to carry the torch and try to keep it going. Uh, I didn't know it then. I know it now yeah. that I was put in a store that had some great, great leaders in it. You being one of them, Ryan being another one of them, Nestor, uh, you know, I had Salvador came over and joined in, uh, in joined us after I, I think I'd only been there for a few months before he actually ended up coming yeah. over and then he I remember moved up. interviewing him yep. really well. Yep. Really and well. then, uh, but it was a safe place for me to kind of assimilate into my role and uh, holds a dear, a very dear place in my heart because I learned a lot there in, in, in my time in that store. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. So in your career, if you could go back, because I think we have a lot of a lot of listeners that are the younger workforce today that are CSAs that maybe work in our stores or you know, in other organizations, right? That sometimes they start working and then they don't really understand um, how to get where they want to go, how to navigate that that 
you know, I, I just say it a lot, but the career lattice or that ladder of how they're going to get there. And it could look very different for everyone. Yours is very, very unique. I love your story. Um, but I think a lot of them get hindered and they get stopped at a point and they just go, nobody ever really has a real conversation. Right. And I think right. the job, I think it's twofold. I think as leaders of buildings, we need to do our due diligence to make sure that we're having these types of one-on-one -on -one conversations with associates, Absolutely. just like when you were younger, like Bo did with you of here's what your future could look like and here's how you can get there. And sometimes it's not like this clear picture, but like having some sort of a, a navigational map to get to where you want to go. Yeah. So if you had any advice for um, your younger Chris, when you were starting out, if there's anything you would have done different, what would it be? For me, it's, I would say, you know, taking more risk, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, kind of just like what we're talking about, like how I was just kind of put in situations mm -hmm. that I thought like were not possible. You know, through that, I, I flourished. You know, I found yeah. new strengths about me and I found new opportunities as well. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, throw in that application because the worst that can happen is you get feedback. You, of, you get a better understanding of what the interview process yeah, looks like. What, it's like getting yeah. a chance to have like a, a cheater test. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, you get the answers to the test, right? So... I would, I would just say, you know, to the younger crowd, if, you know, if you're in that predicament as I was, just not knowing, you know, which way to go, which, which way is the right direction. There really is no right direction um, as far as career paths because you just never know what you would love. You never know what you would really be in tune with until you try it. Yeah. You know, don't, don't listen to the naysayers. Surround yourself with positive people. Um, and then, I think that's a big one, mm -hmm. right? Surround yourself with the right people, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because I think sometimes people get caught in these tracks where they're just hanging out with the people that don't want to try that hard or don't complacent. care, but yeah. you have to separate yourself from that. And then also you are, you become who you're around. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if you find people that have the same mindset and, or, you know, may have a different take on life. I mean, you can learn from that, you know, just, just take that risk, you know, figure know your strengths, know your weaknesses. And the only way you can do that is if you take that leap into something you're interested in and, or you think, Hey, you know, maybe I may not be good at this, but let me give it a shot. Take chances. Take a chance. Yeah. I, I think something that kind of always stuck with me is uh, I had obviously a very influential person that was in my life um, for most of my adult years who used to say and tell me when something comes up, say yes, yeah. say yes. When you want to say no and take the chance. Cause yeah. you never know what might be behind that door. Right. Yeah. So operations manager, San Clemente, um, you and I met, ran a heck of a store together. Um, and then fast forward, DJ does what DJ does normally and <laughs> does something new and says, Hey, I, I want to move. Taking that risk. DJ, I love it. Yeah. DJ moved and moved on to the beautiful state of Utah. And you are sitting with me here today. Yep. Um, so you got promoted to store manager while you were in uh, California Correct. and you were running the Huntington Beach store. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, opportunity came up for you to maybe just have what change of what did that look like? Was it just like, what was that? What was the reasoning behind that? It was, it was in a, you know, I guess a fork in the road, if you will, with, you know, the personal life and whatnot, what's going on and, you know, and, and just found myself being complacent, not with work, but uh, my life outside of work. 
you know, and I remember just, I would talk to, talk to you, DJ, and, you know, you always tell me how gorgeous it's out here, you know, the, the lifestyle, you know, you, you get away from, you know, anything that, that, that I felt weighing me down over there. And I think it came to a point in my life where I was just like, okay, you, you know, needed a change. This is it, you know, this yeah. is it, you know, let me spread my wings, if you will, you know, let me, you know, get, get out of my bubble. Yeah. Get out of my bubble and taking that risk, like, like I was saying earlier, and just find out what, what life truly has to offer. You know, there's, there is life outside of just one city in California, you know? So, yeah. And uh, coming how, out here. How cool is it though? Like working for an organization like we do that you have the ability to say, Hey, I want to go here Yeah, and you can go and try something totally new. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I think that's one of the beautiful things. Like I was in entrepreneurship type of work, obviously a hairdresser and had my own business and stuff like that, but I couldn't go anywhere else. I was landlocked no matter what. Right. And I wanted something different. And that's what I love. One of the many things I love about, you know, working for a company like this is that, you know, I was, you know, fortunate enough that I was able to just say, Hey, I want to go to Utah or I wanted to yeah. go wherever and go and make an impact somewhere else, yeah. you know? So that's cool. Yeah. And then how you like in Utah? Oh, I love it. You love, I it? love it. If you guys never been to Utah, man, most gorgeous scenery you ever see, man, besides <laughs> the beach. But, uh, there's no beach here. Yeah, there's no beach here, but gorgeous no. lakes, gorgeous mountains, especially when it snows. So let me ask you this, and, and don't give me the stereotypical answer. <laughs> what motivates you to get up in the morning? I just think, you know, to get up in the morning, and let's say if it's a work day, I just remember myself pedaling that bike in the rain, in the scorching hot sun, um, down on my luck, and then that manager reaching that hand out to me when I was in a dark time in my life. Yeah. And I'm now in a position where I am that manager and I have 140 associates, give or take, that, hey, they might be just, be just like me, biting their tongue. They're not going to show or what they thought was weakness. Um, they're not, they don't want to feel vulnerable. And, you know, I have the ability to make that person's, you know, day that could have been a hard time in their life into a career that, could possibly pay for their first house, pay for their first car, pay for their marriage, um, you know, and work for a great company that allows that. So <clears throat> in a work life, like that is my goal every day is that who who can I spark the mind of? This is not a job. It's who can you impact? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's funny. My mom was a, a teacher um, her entire career. She's 39 years she taught school. And we joke to this day, like, I don't think sometimes the younger generation realizes like what a great career you could have yeah. in retail. Absolutely. Um, do you have to grind and hustle? Absolutely. Uh, is sometimes, is some of it going to suck? Yeah. Yeah. No matter what you do, it's going to suck. You're going to go through times. You're going to go through highs and lows of different things along your journey. But I joke with my mom all the time. She says to me, she says, if I would have known what I could have done in retail from a financial standpoint, right? Yeah. How you could provide for your family and this and that and the other, to your point, buy a house, do those different types of things. She goes, I would have, I, I would have gone to, I would have got into retail. And you know, the yeah. only thing I regret is I wish I would have started sooner. Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't change anything I did, but like, if I had, like, if it was, I don't know, I don't know if a regret is the right word, but just, I wish I would have, the younger me could go back and go, Hey, get yeah. into retail. Cause it's just, I love what we do. And I think you and I share this. I love the impact 
at the end of the day, we sell stuff, right? right. We sell stuff. Right. That's what we do. Yeah. But the job is people, right? And so having the ability to work like the relationships I built with people like you and, and different people, Sal's of the world and, and Ryan's and people like that, like that's the greatest gift in my career is like getting to work with people like you and then getting to sit down and have a conversation like this and just share your journey because there's another Chris somewhere out there that'll listen to this and go, it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. Absolutely. And it's not unattainable. But the big thing is I think how many times do you meet people, leaders of companies, leaders of organizations, entrepreneurial, like people that are owners of businesses, small businesses, and you talk to them and you go, holy crap, like there's so much depth there. And then you leave the conversation and you're left with how the heck did they get there? Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you knew the answer, maybe it, you know, to some people they go, wow, like it's attainable. Yeah. I'm going to have to work my ass off. Oh yeah. But if I want it, it's possible. Absolutely. So, um, outside of that, man, I think, um, is there any like one piece of advice you would give younger leaders? today coming up in, in either home improvement, retail, any type of retail, what, what advice would you give to someone younger coming up? Don't don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be too proud to admit you don't know anything. Yeah. The moment you have your cup full is the moment you cut off all knowledge that someone can bring to the table. And, uh, I would say just be humble as a, as a servant leader, uh, as a leader, you know, be humble. Anybody can have a title of a manager, but a leader doesn't need a title. I mean, it's, it's something that's embedded with you. So humble yourself to accept feedback, humble yourself to accept that sometimes you will be wrong and humble yourself to the point that you're going to be okay. I'm going to move forward. I made a mistake. Pick, pick yourself back up, dust off your pants and don't let it phase you. So absolutely. I would say just be humble. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you more than, you know, thank you for making the time to sit down and share your story, be vulnerable enough to talk about, you know, obviously some personal stuff. So, um, but outside of that, man, thank you so much. I think our listeners are really going to love this and just kind of get to get to know you and hear some perspective from you. Somebody who's been with the company for 10 years, February 12th, February 12th. Dang. Two days before (laughs) Valentine's day. I'll buy you a box of chocolates. I love it. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Salute.